This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Snymer on Fight Back and in studio with us. Uh, good afternoon to John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the OPA, Ontario Pharmacists Association. Hi, good, John. Yeah, good to be here, Bob. Whether it's knowing the vaccinations that are required for one's destination or knowing the best way to travel with the medications, John, you're here to answer any travel-related pharma questions. What's one or two of the the main ones that you hear all the time. Yeah, biggest thing, I mean, we see a lot of snowbirds in, in community pharmacy, and, you know, they plan to go down, you know, down south for for the winter or on a vacation, you know, March breaks around the corner as well. So we have a lot of people uh, uh, traveling. The biggest thing, uh, you know, I tell patients is if you know you're going away, make sure you communicate with your pharmacy in advance to get all your medications prepared. I can't tell you how many times people will walk in. You know, they got pretty complex drug regimens. My flight's in three hours. I need everything ready. The reality is we might not have everything you need. We may not have the the right amount of everything you need in stock. And and that could cause quite a bit of anxiety. So give, give your pharmacy a little bit of a headway. That's like the first thing you should do. Many of our patients travel with compliance packs, right? So these are the kind of the blister packs we put right. together. You know, they get their medications dispensed weekly like that. So when they're going away, we might give them like a four or five week supply if they're going away for that long. You know, that takes time to do so. Uh, you know, you got to be a little bit proactive when you're managing your medication, and, and especially when you're you're going away for longer periods of time. So that's kind of the first thing. And then we start thinking about, you know, what are you going to do traveling with your meds, too? Uh, do, do they need refrigeration? Uh, you know, how do they have to be stored? Again, first rule of thumb, always put your medications on your carry-on bag. Last thing you want to do is, uh, you know, get your meds stuck in the, 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 the bags that you're going to check, and then it gets lost, or you can't get them right away. And you need medication. If you're traveling with things like syringes, insulin, make sure that stuff's uh, well-labeled. Uh, if, uh, you know, the Board of Control needs to ask any questions, they, there's the pharmacy sticker on there. And I get calls from Board of Control, you believe it or, uh, believe it or not, quite, quite often asking, hey, is this a legitimate prescription? What's this for? Uh, be prepared to answer those questions, especially, you know, with the, you know, those patients that are traveling with a, lar- a large amount of medication. And that's, uh, that's generally when we get the question. So that's kind of the, you know, for starters, you know, get, get your stuff organized, be prepared to travel, have a medication list with you. Uh, you never know if you have to seek medical attention in a foreign country. It's always good to have a list of kind of what you're taking to help the physicians in that country make some, you know, better clinical decisions. That's also important. And then, uh, you know, from there, it's just preparing for other aspects of the trip. You know, do you have, you talked about vaccines, have you been vaccinated? Uh, depending on where you go, you need to get certain vaccines. I think it's pretty routine now. If you're, if you're going down south, you should get at least your hepatitis vaccines. Uh, uh, make sure they're up to date or that you've had them done. 
But even simpler things like TB, uh, there's a vaccine called Ducoral right now for travelers that uh, diarrhea might be something you want to consider, right? So stuff like that. I mean, just being prepared for the destination. The numbers to call if you have any questions. John's just touched on uh, many of the ones that uh, he's heard over the years. 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. John, you alluded to vaccinations. What about the flu shot? Given the time of year, is that still a good idea or, or is the has that one passed us by? Great, great question, Bob. Uh, never too late to get the flu shot. We're getting kind of late in the season, but uh, if you haven't got it, I mean, you never know. Sometimes around this type of year, we get a second spike in flu, eh? and it happens uh, periodically. I'd say still get it. If you're traveling, you're going to be uh, confined in an airplane. Uh, you're at higher risk for you know getting the flu if someone on that flight's got the flu. Uh, I'd say still get it. Uh, you know the risks. Uh, you know are uh, the benefits definitely outweigh the risks. So um, you know this year the vaccine was kind of so-so. We know uh, it wasn't super uh, effective, but still that protection that it confers could really uh, you know prevent those complications. So even if you get ill, you'll most likely be less ill than you would have been if you didn't get the flu shot. So uh, I always tell patients get the flu every uh, flu shot every year. Uh, you know, if uh, uh, at at the worst case scenario, it's protecting you against uh, complications. Best case, you're not going to get the flu at all. So positive both ways. If you're listening and saying, well, I'm not going on a trip. I'm, I don't plan on going on a trip anytime soon. But maybe you do have a pharma related question. Well, you got a pharmacist here, so you don't even have to get dressed up and go outside and uh, head down to your local pharmacy. All you have to do is pick up the phone 416-360-0740 or toll free one 866 Now we're talking about once a traveler comes into, let's say, the pharmacy and they've got questions and uh, here's how you should deal with them. Here's a checklist you should make. What about as far as before it even reaches that point, going and seeing your doctor before you, you had a thinking of heading out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, you know, especially for those patients that have, you know, multiple chronic illnesses and we have a lot of them, always check if it's safe to travel before you go. Make sure your conditions are stable. The last thing you want to do is be in a foreign country and you've got to, uh, you know, be hospitalized for something because you weren't stable, you weren't uh, okay to fly. Uh, if you get that uh, green light to fly, the next uh, major thing is make sure you get your prescriptions up to date. Get get your physician to write those scripts for you. You have sufficient quantities to take on your vacation. But I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, a third real thing there is make sure you have travels or uh, travel medical insurance. That's something I think, uh, you know, uh, we don't always think about. But depending on where you're going, healthcare can be super expensive. So, uh, you know, if you've got existing chronic illness, you may not be covered for those uh, pre-existing conditions, but uh, you will be covered for, you know, other acute things that uh, uh, could pop up. So uh, that's, I think, probably the third thing that you should think about before you before you jet. You mentioned how sometimes you'll get calls from, you know, at the border and they're saying, is this legit? Important, obviously, to keep everything in its original containers. Would you recommend a doctor maybe writing up something that they could have in addition to the the meds being in the original container saying, 
so that it'll save some time at the border, maybe save some anxiety for the traveler? Yeah, I don't think you you, you know you need that uh, letter. Occasionally, the pharmacy's written a letter. We've had patients that are traveling with a large number of syringes, pre-filled syringes. So, you know, I've written a letter for patients saying just in case, you know, this is a legitimate prescription, this is what's contained within the syringes. But the vast majority of the time, the pharmacy label that that's on that original container is fine. Where you'll get into problems if you start, and I have patients that will try to do this, just take one vial and throw everything in one vial and you got a mishmash. A, that's dangerous because you don't know what you're taking. Uh, but B, that could cause a lot of confusion at the border as well. Like, why do you have like five or six different pills? In one in one container, so please don't uh, don't do that. The other aspect of this is when you get into a foreign country. Say you forgot your medication, you lost medication, it got stolen. You don't you don't need to feel abandoned. You can always always have your pharmacy phone number available. So once you're in a foreign country, if you need some help. Call that pharmacy. We could work with the pharmacy at the kind of the local uh, area there to at least get you some medication. I mean, the rules vary dramatically depending on the country you're in. But generally, uh, you know, healthcare professionals are there to help. And we'll try within, you know, uh, our means to, to make sure you get at least some medication to hold you over before you could get a script or something like that. John, joining us on the line from Scarborough is Joyce, who has some questions. Welcome. Hi. Um, hi, gentlemen. Okay, uh, it's about the vaccines, and some uh, supposedly are stored in mercury, and some aren't. Like, how do you know? Yeah, uh, like, great question. So, I think this question goes beyond just mercury, but the adjuvants that are found in vaccines. So, mercury definitely not in many vaccines anymore, and none that I know of. I mean, childhood vaccines don't have contain any mercury. Most adult vaccines, I think, don't anymore either. Uh, formaldehyde is another one that comes up all the time. Oh my! Uh, you know what? What these the vaccine itself. Uh, usually is mixed in with what we call adjuvants. And they're there for two reasons, either to, either to act as a preservative, so they keep the vaccine sterile, or to make your body kind of recognize the vaccine uh, even more than it would uh, without the presence of these adjuvants. So you want to trigger an immune response when you uh, vaccinate a patient. Uh, the adjuvants are there to help the immune system recognize that vaccine even more than it uh, traditionally would. So it just gets it to work better. Formaldehyde is kind of the thing that we see most commonly as an adjuvant now uh, in these vaccines, and it's there, but in very small amounts. And the and the question I get is, uh, and and what confuses patients is, formaldehyde is normally found in your body. It's normally there. It's part of the cellular process. The amount that's in these vaccines is very very little, so you don't really have to worry about that. Um, I think the concern goes beyond just what's actually in the vaccines, but what are what are the consequences, right? So. I think there was a lot uh, of media attention probably five or six years ago around autism, for, exact, uh, for example, with, with respect to pediatric vaccines. The reality is that's been disputed. So there's no link between autism and vaccination. There's a big study that was published over half a million children. So I think it's uh, the question becomes, you know, why are you concerned about getting a vaccine? Is it because of potential toxicity uh, uh, to things like Mercury, which, you know, we've established isn't in most vaccines anymore. But uh, I think you really, with vaccination, have to weigh the risks and the benefits and make a decision. But is when it worthwhile? you say isn't in most, how do you know? Well, you could always ask the pharmacy, right? So uh, we we uh, we uh, have a list of all the adjuvants in every vaccine. 
the reality is I'm not familiar off the top of my head with uh, every vaccine that's possibly available. The ones that we administer uh, in Ontario here, uh, I don't know of any that have mercury in, in them anymore. There may be some in tiny uh, quantities. But you could look into that, right? Uh, but, uh, but again, my question, sort of, why would you even, mercury's toxic, why would you put it into something that's supposed to keep you healthy? Yeah, good question. But you get mercury is normally found in the human body as well. You'll get more mercury eating some some canned tunas, for example, than you would, True. Uh, you know, than you would in a vaccine. And I think we're focusing on mercury. And like I said, in the vast majority of vaccines that I'm aware of, there's no mercury in those vaccines, right? So, well, I mean, I, I think I don't trust human error, and you know, and then certain vaccines, like um, I heard the recent. Uh, vaccine for the flu uh, hasn't addressed what the bug is or whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, Joyce, we'll let you go. Joyce from Scarborough, okay. thanks for your for your time and your comments. But as, as you pointed out, I mean, as far as that, again, stress. You, yeah, you did mention. I think Joyce might have missed it. Yeah, I think I think what we we have to uh, realize is vaccines are there for a reason. They're probably the most fundamentally important kind of health tool that we have. Uh, nothing works or has been able to save more lives in vaccination. And uh, uh, generally, the vaccines work very well. To her last comment there around the flu, the reality is with flu vaccines, we try to predict which strains of the flu are going to circulate uh, based on what's going on in the other end of the world. And we don't always get it exactly right. Uh, so the efficacy of the vaccine could vary from year to year. But the reality is you're better off with the vaccine than without, even if we don't get a vaccine that is 100% efficacious. And really, you're never going to get that anyways. Okay, we have another question. We're going to take a break here. So Dave from Hamilton, if you want to just hang tight. And if you have a question, give us a call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Any questions for our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, John Papasturgio? Well, if you have it, line up, make the call. We'll be back here on Zoomer Radio. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. I'm Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby and joining us from the OPA, John Papasturgio. And John, without further ado, Dave in Hamilton with his question. Good afternoon, Dave. John, you're my favorite contributor. Last time we spoke, it was the uh, half hour dealing with sex. <laughs> Maybe you recall my phone call? I remember it, yeah. Okay, it won't be the same. <laughs> this is extremely important, what I'd like to say. A lot of us, we take uh, certain things every day. I don't, but some people will take a simple painkiller and or anti-diarrheal or uh, if we're constipated or not or whatever the situation be. And I, I'm, I think it should be stressed that on a vacation, we should differentiate between our prescribed medications, the important stuff, and what may happen if we take something. Uh, for example, we're sick on the plane, we take a gravel. Well, will that interact with our prescribed medications? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Okay. Yeah. So I'd just like to say that I'll leave you and I'll let other people get in and I won't monopolize the time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Dave. And Dave brings up a good point. When you're traveling, uh, you know, in a different country, generally your diet's going to change a little bit. 
you know, you may be doing, you know, exercising differently, being more active, less active. Yeah, that, that all has the potential to affect the way your medications work. Uh, uh, you know, uh, people that are taking warfarin, which is an anticoagulant, for example, which is a large number of patients, you get down and you change your diet dramatically. That can affect the way uh, the medication works and how thin your blood is. So these are things you should talk about before before you travel, especially uh, on some of those uh, uh, medications that have what we call a more narrow therapeutic na- uh, range. So uh, you know, small variations in 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 the drug levels could you know could actually have a clinical impact. So uh, generally, the pharmacists will identify that uh, if they know you're traveling, but you've got to let them know. The other thing is, uh, you mentioned pain medications. If you're traveling with opioids, anything that's kind of on the the moderate, uh, uh, you know, strong level, uh, that's something that if you run out of or you lose, it's going to be a lot harder to get uh, uh, in a foreign country because generally uh, narcotics need a prescription. Physicians are less likely to prescribe them, right? And uh, uh, if you're traveling with those medications, keep them uh, either on you, in your uh, in-room safe, because if you do lose them, it's going to be tough to get uh, a replacement. Okay, John from from Pickering. Good afternoon, John. Hi, just a quick question, please. When I travel, I I don't take the labeled bottle um, prescribed by the, provided by the pharmacist. I just take my own daily pill organizer and put the appropriate doses in the morning and evening. Would that cause me any problems not having the labels with me should I get stopped at the border? No, nah, generally not. I mean, if it's if you've got them organized in, what, in one of those pill organizers, you should be okay. What I would recommend is make sure you have your pharmacy phone number available, right? So if you do get some questions for whatever reason they decide to screen you, uh, the you know, Border Control is able to call the pharmacy and say, hey, this guy's on seven unlabeled medications. Does that match your records, right? Yeah, we would say yes, we'd be able to check. The other important point that comes out here, try to use one pharmacy because when you use multiple yeah. pharmacies, if uh, you know you're ever in a health situation in a foreign country and they got to reach a pharmacy and you've got your prescriptions scattered all over the city, it's going to be tough for whoever they you know they they contact to make any uh, good clinical decisions. So I think that there's a there's a you know a, an important point there as well. But John, no, I wouldn't worry about you know uh, having the, your your organizer labeled there if you've got it uh, nicely organized and that's the way you take your medications uh, and your adherence is good. Keep doing that. Uh, if they need to call, they can call the pharmacy. Thank you very much. No problem. Okay, that's uh, thank you, John, from Pickering for your call. If you have a question, you have a few more minutes still to to give our guest, John Papasturgio, a call at 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Does not have to be related to a trip. This is not excluding anyone who is not about to board a plane in a few days or in a few hours. This is any pharma-related questions that you have, and we've had a few of those, give us a, a quick call. Uh, anything else for this time of season? Maybe if people aren't uh, traveling, uh, we you said that it's possible that the the flu we could you know it could upswing oh, yet yeah. again at this time. Given especially with the fluctuation in temperatures, that's possible. Anything else seasonal or not really? I mean, we're going to get into the seasonal allergy season soon, right? Once that first frost is gone, that frost is gone, you start to get some of the plants blooming. Uh, we go right into allergy season, so you know allergies vary dramatically in patients, I find, from year to year. So if you have uh, seasonal allergies, start thinking about uh, getting your scripts uh, topped up if you if you ran out of refill 
goals last season. The other thing that kind of comes to mind now is, uh, you know, I, you're, irregardless of if you're traveling or not, kind of once a year I recommend to patients, make sure you get an annual medication review. And this is something that's offered free in our province, uh, in your pharmacy. You could go in, spend about 20 uh, minutes or so, uh, review your medications with, with the pharmacist. And I think where the real opportunity uh, lies is to see, hey, do I still need all these medications? Are there medications on my profile I'm no longer taking? Is there an opportunity maybe to de-prescribe? And that's kind of a term we're starting to use. Trying to get patients off things that they don't need or they use very infrequently. Clean up that medical record. So, you know, if we ever get a question from a physician uh, or you need to bring a, a list of meds uh, into your doctor or specialist, we have a very nice up-to-date uh, list of medications. And uh, I tell patients, do that every year. Uh, this is a good time to do it. So if you haven't done it, get into your pharmacy. Now, wouldn't you go to see your doctor about that before seeing you, yourself, you could, I the mean, pharmacist? Uh, you could do either, but uh, there is the Ontario MedChecks program is run through the pharmacy, so there's funding for that in the pharmacies. And the pharmacists, uh, uh, you know, uh, have uh, could put aside 15 or 20 minutes to sit with, uh, you know, a patient that's on three or more chronic medications in Ontario. And that's really what the program is there for. Uh, save some time uh, from the physician's end. Uh, we're able to really clean up that profile, and, and, and you leave with a list of kind of your most up-to-date current meds, and we discontinue kind of anything that you're no longer using in your file, uh, prevents any errors down the road as well. And joining us now, good afternoon to Bill in East York, and your question for John. Yes, yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Just on high blood pressure, um, I just recently went to my doctor, and he says your blood pressure is high. He put me on a medication called Corvisal, C-O-V-E-R-S-Y-L. Coversil, yeah. Yeah, four milligram. Okay. Uh, my blood pressure now is down. Um, do they usually want you to keep on taking the medication, or should I just ask the doctor? No, that's and- a great question, uh, Bill. So, uh, Coversil uh, belongs to a class of medications called ACE inhibitors. They're very much first-line medications for high blood pressure. And you, you started right. at a very kind of low dose there, right? Do you know right. how high your blood pressure was when you, when you started? Uh, no, he didn't tell me for some reason. Okay. Uh, he just said your blood pressure's high. So Take generally that's, that. you know, I mean, we really look at risk when we look at blood pressure now, but it was probably somewhere over 140 with, with respect to the systolic. Yeah, and maybe around yeah I think 90 it was. Excuse me, it's down to 120 now, Perfect. and I feel much better and everything. It's great. Okay, so I mean, blood pressure, I mean, there's many different ways you can manage it. Exercise, right. diet, lifestyle, reducing alcohol. That's all going to lower your blood pressure. If you're yeah, able I'm to make doing, all the, excuse me, I'm doing yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if you're able to make all those lifestyle changes, there's a mm-hmm. real possibility that we could get you off the medication, right? That being mm-hmm. said, if all things are equal, you don't make a, a, any dramatic changes, you'll probably have to stay on the cover cell, right? And the reality is as you get older and your uh, vessels get a little bit kind of more or less elastic, a little bit more right. tense, you may have to even go up on a higher dose of that cover cell. But, oh, okay, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, my question was, I've heard other people uh, that are on high blood pressure pills say they their doctors keep them, off, 
keep them on it for years and years and years, you know, sort of. Uh, and I'm over 70, so I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I got I mean, the blood pressure down. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I wouldn't stop at cold turkey. Eh? Talk to your doctor for sure. See what mm-hmm. they say. But, you know, at 70, the reality is this is probably just part of the natural aging process as well. So uh, right. if, if this is the first time it's kicked in uh, for you. And there's yep. also other benefits to that cover, Soleil, uh, beyond lowering the blood pressure, protects that right. left ventricle of the heart. Uh, you know, it keeps it from overworking. So there's a lot of benefits to cover. So oh, okay. protects your kidneys as well uh, uh, against the, the, the pressure. So uh, from my perspective at, you know, being over 70, unless you make some dramatic changes, I'd stay on it. You're not having any side effects. You're not nope. having any cough, nope. are you, or anything like that? No. Nope. No, then you know what? This is one of the best meds we have. Very inert. <laughs> I wouldn't okay. worry so much about it. I mean, uh, get your blood pressure checked a couple of times. Maybe talk to your uh, yeah, doctor. Yeah, I do it. Excuse me, I do it uh, every second day, and I, I read it three times, and it's going down and down. Yeah, that's good, because okay. the, the drug's working, right? So you may you may have to stay on it, but either way, I wouldn't worry about it, because let's capitalize on some of those other benefits, too. Yep. Okay. Thank you for your help. No problem. Okay, Bill from East York, thank you, and thank you to everyone who called this afternoon. And if you didn't have a chance to get in on whatever the subject we, we touched on today, whether it was the Ontario PC race, whether it was the Prime Minister's trip to India, remember, tomorrow, Free For All Fridays here on Fight Back. So whatever you didn't have a chance to call in and comment on, that's your opportunity to do so. And John Papastergio from the Ontario Pharmacist Association, our trusted contributor. Thanks again. See you next week. Thanks, Bob. For now, thanks to producer Michelle Saunders and technical producer Mirna Trogerleach. The number one's at one with Norm Edwards coming up after Zoomer Radio News with Christine Ross, which follows traffic. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.